G'day there, guys. Welcome back to episode number five of the Blowing Cartridges podcast. I am one of your lovely co-hosts, Zach Clark, here, uh, joined by my other co-host, Brendan Tam. Brendan, how are you this fine, almost spring uh, day? Yeah, going pretty well. Good to see that the sun's coming out. Lamenting the fact that I've spent way too much money on video game related stuff this week. But what's new, Zach? Oh, yeah, you know... It's the same thing every week, uh, hitting up the eBay or, or just, you know, kickstart a limited run uh, for you, from what I can see in our, in our group <laughs> discords, um, getting those um, those special editions. But hopefully some of that money you spent was on your dad, because the day this episode is going up, it is the day after Father's Day here in Australia. So, you know, happy belated Father's Day to all the dads out here. And, you know, in, to honour that, which we sort of teased last week, we've got a, another special guest, our second special guest, uh, my friend uh, Matt, who is a dad. Matt, how are you going? I'm very good, Zach. Thank you. Thank you for having me on your show to talk about games, because I like games. Yes, you do like games, and that's a big re- reason how we became friends, I'd say, um, when we, we both realised we like games at our uh, former workplace. It doesn't take much, does it? It's just, oh, yeah, I like games, you like games, yeah, let's be friends. Yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, they say they say it's an antisocial hobby, uh, and I would I would strongly disagree <laughs> to say when, when you, these are the way we, we form friendships. Absolutely. Now, given your our second guest, but also a bit different to our first guest, uh, who has a bit of a, a public, you know, presence. Um, you're you're not so public, so people probably have no idea who you are or anything about you. So why don't you give us a quick uh, rundown about you know who you are and, and what you know you are like as a gamer, I suppose, and what games and stuff you're into. Look, I certainly hope no one knows anything about me, Zach. Look, I don't know how much goes out on on Facebook or how much they monitor of me, but yes, I certainly try not to make it too public. Yeah, I don't know. There isn't too much special. I'm just a guy who likes playing games and it's gotten to the point where I've got a couple of kids at this point. Very happily married. Got to put emphasis on that. Very happily. Yeah, I can. your wife's probably in the background listening. So <laughs> With a gun to your head, yes. Uh, yes, yeah. I did, look, I, I wasn't planning on showing it, but if I happen to be sitting next to her right now while I'm listening to this, I'm very happily married. Just want to emphasize that point. <laughs> No, well, uh, I guess um, I'll go into it game-wise. So uh, I grew up with, uh, my first console was the Super Nintendo. And I had that when I was five, six years old. It was something my brother had. And so I obviously, I played that. And as I grew up, we got more Nintendo-focused, more consoles. Um, We got the 64. Um, I got big into the GameCube. That was when I was a teenager. And those were sort of the majority of the games that I played. That was sort of my last console. I got the Wii, but I wasn't so much into it. I went more into PC gaming, um, and I've stuck more with PC gaming from that time until about... So five years ago, 2015, was when I had my son, Theodore, and two years ago, uh, nearly three years ago actually now, I had my son, Fred. So I've got two boys, uh, five and nearly three. Thank you for that uh, intro, Matt. And um, as as we said at the start, so this is going to be a, hopefully a fairly sort of, you know, interesting, but also lighthearted episode, sort of, you know, celebrating um, all the dads out there um, and sort of, you know, giving our thanks to to them for everything they do for us in our lives. 
I also want to acknowledge Father's Day is not always a happy time for everyone, uh, particularly this year with COVID-19. There may be a lot of people out there who this this might be their first Father's Day uh, without their father. So we do, you know, apologize for any sort of negative memories or emotions that this may bring up. But, um, you know, hopefully, uh, you know, we can put a smile on your face with some of the more sort of silly topics we may be covering today. And And jumping into it, I'd be curious to ask you both about memories you guys may have about your dad in video games, uh, which this may either be a very quick or a very long topic. I don't actually know. I might start with you, Brendan. What, do you, did your dad play games with you? Do you have any memories or anything like that as a kid or, or that you want to you know, share? I definitely have quite a few memories, particularly with console games. I remember dad was quite keen on the NES, actually. We borrowed my cousin's NES Oh, probably about 20 years ago, we still have it. So if my cousin's listening, uh, you can have it back eventually, maybe, someday. <laughs> but he was a big fan of Duck Hunt. We used to play a lot of that when we'd pull out the NES, dust it off and put it, connect it up. But I have very fond memories of playing the 64 with Dad and my older brother and sister. Particularly, we played a lot of, I remember Perfect Dark, GoldenEye, and also All-Star Tennis 99, which is probably a lesser-known 64 game. but we're quite a big f- tennis fan family, I guess. We used to go to the Australian Open and used to watch a lot of tennis. So I have many fond memories of playing that game. And it, I think they licensed a few players like your Michael Chains and Pete Sampras and some of the big names of the 90s. So it was, it was quite a lot of fun. But I think what typifies gaming with my dad was, it must I must say, was those perfect dark and golden eye days. Because I think it was the first time I'd ever been called a bastard, I think, when I... <laughs> killed dad in golden i64 and he's like oh you bastard nice. were you playing as odd job brendan of course not I- i'd always played as uh <laughs> i was a big grosnan fan golden i was one of the first movies i watched or i can remember watching so don't know if a five-year-old should have been watching golden eye but that's neither here or there Th- those are probably some of my favorite memories and of course we would always grab him if we needed a fourth player and play things like mario kart and uh, Mario Party, but it was very much that, I guess, that late 90s, early 2000s period, and after that, it probably became less and less of a thing of getting Dad to play games. Ah, that's cool, and what about you, Matt? Like, I I mean, I can already think of one example of, of your dad, but um, I'll be curious to see if there's some more childhood memories as well uh, of gaming with, with your father. Well, Zach, I'd, I'd like to start that off by saying I was definitely the person who picked Odd Job every time. <laughs> <laughs> So whether that was a good or a bad thing, I don't know, but I know that Look, I had a good time. He's programmed into the game and you just took advantage of that. You know? That's it's, that's exactly right. It's about, yeah, it's, you know, if there's an advantage there, why not take it? And, and then you get ahead. But uh, yeah, look, I I have some memories of Dad and I playing games, but it's not much. Dad was very much a, um, and still very much is uh, an outdoors type, gardening and fishing and, and things like that. Which I think his, uh, he, he's quite sad that his, his son didn't really inherit uh, that love of the outdoors. Uh, quite the opposite. In fact, I quite love the indoors. But uh, we, had, we did play some stuff together. He played a lot of uh, Command & Conquer. So he had like old sort of 90s PC games that we went through. So we played a lot of Command & Conquer Red Alert. Yeah, he was actually the first person to teach me how to play an RTS, which is just weird for me to even think about. Uh, because they can be so complex, but of all the things that he could teach, you know, it wasn't Mario or anything, it was <laughs> Command and Conquer. 
and um we played like sort of some other pc games like we played i don't know if you you know uh indiana jones and the fate of atlantis have you ever yes i have never played it but heard of it yeah it's it's just so one of the um point and click adventures the old lucas arts games we were very much into that and it was a good thing to sort of do together because it was puzzle based to some extent as much as point and click adventures can be you know just try everything on everything else but that was a good thing to do together those are sort of the memories i have of my dad otherwise dad was very um you know get outside and do this and do that and um get you know get off the computer that sort of thing so uh, what about you zach do you have positive memories of games with your dad kind of but before i jump onto my dad i was wondering if you're going to bring up your dad's venture into the virtual world for your for your bucks party because that I mean, I've only met your dad like once, but that was a pretty sort of funny experience to see him um, in awe in that. In, uh, what's the virtual reality place we went to uh, in Melbourne? Um, zero latency. Yeah, zero latency. Yeah. 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 No, <laughs> I, to be honest, I'd almost forgotten about that because, I mean, it's funny how you look at games, right? Because I didn't even, uh, like, I look at something like zero latency and I look at it as a novelty. You know, rather than yeah. a video game. But I mean, it's obviously a video game. I don't look at it like a, yeah, like a sit down and this is what I want to do for ages. It's more of a go in and experience it and, oh, uh, yep, that's what it was and walk out. So um, it's, it is it is funny that you mentioned that. It's similar to sort of paintball and laser tag in some ways, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. That's That's exactly what it is. It's just like a big sort of party thing that you do together. And yeah, I guess you can like reflect back on it, but it's not something you, you know, sit at the computer for hours and, <laughs> and play for, for hours on end. But yeah, he, look, he's, he's always into that sort of thing. I suppose experimental wise, those sort of social elements and he's a big fan of like zombie movies and things like that. So the, like the game we played was killing zombies. So he was, you know, he was living his dream. I think if dad was born in our era, he'd probably be more inclined to play games. Um, like he i think he quite likes making you know doing things like he made an avatar and he called himself bozo the clown um <laughs> which was just it was just weird like not even i didn't even know that he had any interest <laughs> in bozo the clown but that was his go-to avatar name for some reason so yeah i learned a lot about my dad that day good bonding experience but yeah to answer your first question me and my dad i mean i i'm I, I wouldn't say I have a lot of memories with my dad uh, for playing games. I mean, probably the thing I can be the most grateful for was he never, um, you know, never tried to stop me for better or worse. Um, That's which, good. Which is good. Yeah. Knowing you, Zach, I don't think that would have been possible. Yeah, <laughs> pro- probably not. Um, but he's always been supportive, I guess, of, um, you know, me having an interest, even if it was an interest he didn't get. I mean, I, I have some sp- very vague memories of playing Mario Party with him and mum on the specifically the Wario's Battlefield uh, map for like a 50 turn game, which was obviously probably a nightmare at the time for them, but <laughs> they sat through it. So I um, appreciate that. Uh, and then my dad, when he was younger, was a boxer. So uh, he did dabble a bit in Wii boxing. You know, most parents, I think, were Wii, Wii bowling or Wii golf, but Wii boxing was his thing. And he enjoyed that for a little bit. Um, but, but other than that, nothing's been able to catch his fancy. Recently, we've tried doing chess through um, 51 Worldwide Games because my my mom has a Switch and I bought her a copy of the game and I said to dad we should play chess because he likes chess. Um, but it's even then, <laughs> he just like gets confused sometimes with the like how to pick up the pieces and stuff and move them around. So he's not the most uh, tech savvy person. 
So either the game that's for him hasn't really come around yet, or or I haven't just found and introduced it to him, or maybe you know it's just not his thing. <laughs> maybe never will be at his age. But um, yeah. Again, I think I can just grateful that he's not one of those dads that was like you know trying to force me into his hobbies. Um, you know, try and force me to be into football or anything like that. He's kind of let me develop my own interests, which which I think is um something to appreciate for sure. But speaking of dads, uh, how about we jump into talking about the virtual kind of dad that you may find in uh, video games? Because I've definitely noticed, maybe maybe you know by coincidence, but there's there's more representation I feel of dads in games in the last few years than um, I remember ever thinking about them as a kid. Um, from you know Kratos being a dad in the latest God of War to you know Joel in Last of Us being a, a dad or a father figure. All the way to, you know, say a Bowser and uh, his relationship with his uh, son, Bowser Jr. Uh, again, to continue our streak, Brendan, in, uh, you know, Paper Mario recently was a pretty, um, had some pretty good father-son moments. So I'd be keen to go, like, are there any dads in games that you guys think stand out as, you know, good dads or bad dads that you, you know, want to discuss or, or, or touch on? Well, uh, Zach, I do have a question. Would, would we consider Big Boss a dad? Does that count? Or... Oh. I don't know. Maybe? <laughs> because I don't, I think he'd be a pretty terrible dad. Yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah, I would say he's pretty bad. <laughs> if, if, if you count him as a dad. Yeah, like, what, I mean, I'm sure we're allowed to spoil Metal Gear, right? It's it's not, it's old enough <laughs> at this point, but being like... It's over a decade and it's a dead franchise, ooh, so I'm sure we're fine. Them's fighting words. Yeah, I mean, if your sons are your clone, yeah, I guess, like, I don't know, a clone's kids i guess it, it could also just be representative of like the relationship they had and yeah it wasn't a very good one so yeah I'd, he'd be up there for one of the worst dads if, if we put him in that category poor snake no didn't have a chance and um solidus also did not have a chance i think my favorite video game dad would have to be uh james mcleod fox mcleod's dad because I've always liked that moment in Lilat Wars or Star Fox 64, depending on what region you're in, when you've defeated Andros and the ghost of your dad appears and guides you out of the tunnels and out of the, I guess, out of Venom, out of Andros's um, lair. I think that's quite a poignant moment that I've always enjoyed. Yeah, no, I, I agree. James McCloud. Yeah, that scene, particularly Lilat Wars, um, Star Fox 64, is a pretty pretty memorable one um, when you get that true ending because you obviously hear about him at the start of you know Star Fox sixty four um, or Lilac Wars. Uh, I'm going to just go with Lilac Wars, given we're in, again an Australian podcast, and to see that sort of payoff when he you know comes back in presumably ghost form at the end is um, it's quite good. Uh, and I always remember as a kid there were so many rumors around him, uh, like you know being able to unlock him as playable or. Uh, I even remember, and not related to stuff uh, to Lilac Wars, but um, Smash Brothers. My friend had a rumor that there was a way to unlock him as like an alternate, like player, you know, to Fox for for, for Smash sixty four, which obviously wasn't real. <laughs> but it's just like weird stuff because he was just one of those enigmatic characters back then that you um you only see for a very brief moment in the game. What about you, Matt? Are there any any dads in games uh, that you think you know do a good job or a bad job, or you have sort of just memories of? Yeah, I was thinking about, I suppose, what came to mind immediately. Um, and funnily enough, the thing that came to my mind immediately is Lee from The Walking Dead. 
the first season of The Walking Dead. Uh, ah, his yep. relationship with Clementine, I think, is a really interesting look at the father figure sort of things. Um, especially like that whole game. I wouldn't want to ruin that experience for everyone. I really enjoyed that game and had a really good time with it. Um, and I think that, um, yeah, without going too much into it, the obviously the suffering of being in a world that you just you just can't escape. I suppose the the awfulness of it um, and trying to protect a child in that sort of thing. I mean, not to reflect too much on how our own world is right now, but it's a <laughs> similar sort of, um, you know, what, what what do you do? You know, how do you talk to them about it? Do you overprotect them and do you underprotect them? You know, that sort of thing. And I think um, that's sort of someone that comes to mind as, as a strong father figure, um, especially in a position where they're not technically your child, but you want to try and do what's right or what you think is right in that situation. Uh, he stood out for me. Yeah, no, I I agree that um that first season of The Walking Dead, yeah, fantastic. Uh, and again, no, I won't spoil it because obviously it's a very story driven game, even if it is oh god, six it's years pretty old, old now. Yeah, it's like two thousand eleven, I think. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah, that's about um, right. Wow, nine years old then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, good, good game. Um, out of interest, did you end up? I definitely fell off The Walking Dead like Telltale series after chapter or not chapter after season. I want to say two, maybe, or like I started three, but I just never got it through. Did you see it through to the end, Matt? Yeah, no, I was, um, I played through season one, thought it was amazing, played through season two and thought it was okay, and then I just sort of stopped after that. I agree, that's season one, even if you don't play anything else, I think that's a great sort of standalone game. It's worth it, yeah. 100%. And almost available on most things these days, so yeah, you got no excuse. Um <laughs> There's a certain games, there's a lot of games I can think about with, with father figures and stuff. One that I, is very specifically about, I like guess not just a father, but um, but parents, um, but but primarily told from the story of a dad. And, and uh, I know I've mentioned this game to you, Matt, but that, that dragon cancer about a, a dad who in real life lost his, his son to cancer. And yeah, oh, the, I that be able is to a, with that game. I mean, obviously, you know, there's a lot of, trigger warnings because the topic is quite a, a intense one and you know if you don't think mm. you can handle it don't play it but i i really fear it is an interesting piece of art and that story given with the recordings of, of real life audio between that family is um one that hit me hard when that was came out you know a few years ago i picked it up after i think in the, it won a um award at the game awards uh for you know games for, yeah, for change. yeah that's right and that speech, the way that, you know, when the dad on stage was, was quite emotional. Uh, and naturally the game itself was, um, equally as emotional. Um, and yeah, that's, that's definitely one that probably sticks out the strongest to me, um, in, in a very serious way. And then the ones that are more silly, I mean, as I've already said, Bowser, I think is just a funny dad. Um, he's his relationship in the little snippets you get with Bowser Jr. Like those Nintendo switch, uh, parental control app ads, uh, uh, Something worth watching on YouTube, to say <laughs> to say the least. Oh, that's yeah, great. It's, it's, you know, obviously he's a, a, a bad guy, Bowser, but, uh, he, you know, when you see him with Bowser Jr., maybe he's not such a bad guy. He's just, a you know, a single dad trying to do his best, you know. He's got a day job trying to kidnap princesses, but he makes time for his kids. So you got to admire that, I, I reckon. What about his, um, doesn't he have like eight kids? Aren't they all, are they brothers and sisters? They got retconned to... Not being his children, <laughs> okay. yeah. I think they. I think the Cooperlings are separate. Yeah, 
So I was going to say, if he was a single dad with like nine kids, that's, you know, that's something else. Oh, 100%. I mean, admittedly, he's obviously got servants and stuff to help him. Um, Kamek, I think, yeah. does a pretty, um, puts in a fair bit of work babysitting. But um, yeah, you know, either <laughs> way, he's, he does a solid job. But you're right, with the Cooperlings, I remember my exposure to them was through, because I was touched on before, 64 generation was the um, renting VHSs of the Super Mario Brothers yep. like cartoon. And they were wow. in that. And they obviously called him dad and whatever. So that's how I was like, oh, Bowser has kids. That's weird. And didn't really see them in a game until I played Super Mario World, I reckon, probably before three years later. Whereas you would have probably played Super Mario World as a kid and I would have thought, thought Matt. Yeah. Yeah, that's Super Mario World was like my, it's probably like the earliest gaming memory I have is playing that game. The gateway drug. Yes, we all have one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Hey, and that's a pretty good gateway drug too, that game. That's a solid game. Yeah, no. Um, and speaking of, of gateway drugs, um, <laughs> this is oh, a dear. weird way to uh, transition to this. But, <laughs> I mean, Matt, you've got real world experience. So we might start with you. But, like, what kind of podcast is this, Zach? Who knows? Oh, yeah, drugs and kids. <laughs> um, so, speaking of the drugs you're giving to yeah, your kids. Okay. No. Video games, have you, because, you know, your your oldest son's, what, five, five and a half, five-ish at the moment? Yeah, so, nearly six, yeah. Yeah, so he, he's, I know you've dabbled with, with, with him with games, but what have you tried to introduce him to the hobby, and what, what sort of games are you using to to see if it, you know, it, it hooks him the same way it's hooked you? Yeah, ab- absolutely. It's funny, because uh, I tried initially, obviously before I had kids, I tried to get my, uh, my now wife into games. Uh, that didn't work. Um, but I tried <laughs> and, um, it's funny cause I doing obviously the same thing with my kids now, uh, where I'll show them, you know, this is, um, this is the game and, you know, this is how you play it or whatever it might be. And it's a similar thing where they get frustrated because that's what was happening with my wife is that she was getting frustrated. Um, she, you know, never really used a controller before and there's, you know, there's lots of things going on the screen. And one of the hardest things to, to teach was just like moving and jumping at the same time, like pressing two buttons at once, which is something that you don't even think about now, obviously, if you play that many games, it's just, it just comes naturally. But for kids, it's exactly the same thing. Um, and I remember trying to show Theodore, I got the um, uh, the SNES Mini, and I was showing him Super Mario World. I thought, oh, that's a pretty good you know place to start. And he would just run straight into the first Koopa every time, over and over again. And I'd sit there and i'd be like i don't know what i should do like do i <laughs> to tell him to press the button or do i let him keep because he's not he wasn't unhappy he didn't he didn't know what was happening it was just oh yeah this is something's happening on the screen you know it's colorful but he kept doing that over and over again and it was sort of we we put it down for a bit and didn't really you know take it any further i think that was when he was he was like three or four so i didn't focus too much on it i sort of let it happen naturally through the games that i played so when i uh, one of the earliest games and something that he's picked up now, which he's actually really good at, is Spyro. I got the the trilogy uh, on PS4, the remake, and went through it, and I had a great time. It was a fun, it was a fun game, and Theodore was with me for a lot of it, and he really enjoyed sort of just even watching what was happening on the screen. He'd point out, you know, oh look, Daddy, there's a gem, go get the gem, and you know, we'd run over and get it. He's oh, there's another one, there's a dragon over there, go get it. And we sort mm-hmm. of, it's interesting, like we play games that way in sort of almost like a streamer sort of way, right? Like you've got your game up there and you've got your audience and your audience is talking to you while you're doing it. It's 
it was an interesting experience. And then as sort of I got over it, you know, Theodore would ask to, because I, I beat it and Theodore would ask to play it again. And I'd say, oh, yeah, you have a go. And he would, and it would go, yeah, it, w- it wouldn't go particularly well. <laughs> but he was having a really good time and you could tell he was having a good time just even in like the starting zone running around and jumping and shooting fire and it got to a point where uh he would come and he'd tell me about you know the the new things that he'd done daddy look look what i can do i can do this and he'd you know jump from platform to platform or he'd show me how he could glide or look watch me i'll get the baddie and then he goes up and you know he breathes fire on something and he thinks it's the best thing thing ever so it's interesting that he sort of how much he advanced in in how short an amount of time where he couldn't press two buttons at once and then all of a sudden he's like flying around the map you know it's just (laughs) interesting how quickly kids learn but that was a good starting point i guess a game that uh, like a platforming game where there isn't a whole lot of difficulty or consequences i suppose um, you know, he can just run in and die. It doesn't matter. Even if you lose all your lives, you just spawn back at the start of the level and he's still having a good time. So Spyro was a really good sort of intro into games for him. Oh, that's awesome. Out of interest, how that's played out, how did that compare to like, maybe you haven't, didn't think about this before you became a dad, but like, did you ever have like an idea of like, oh, one day when I have kids, I'm going to start them off with this and that and that and, you know, try and get them to go a certain route? Absolutely, yeah, and that's that's why I went to Mario because it's obviously a basic game. Um, it's good for kids. It's what I grew up with, and I was like, "Yep, we'll start him off with that." I really, I always thought, "Oh, you know, start with Super Nintendo, you know, teach him the classics sort of situation." But ultimately, you know, I, it's about seeing him enjoy himself. It really doesn't matter what preconceived notions I had as to, well, I've got to teach my kids this and this, and you know, in terms of games, anyway um so it didn't really end up mattering yeah i guess it's not a 10 week it's not a 10 month curriculum with a training course and our uh, week one exactly. we're studying uh super mario world and uh, yeah that's right <laughs> week 10 is a doom 2016 and sort of that's the peak Let, let's go <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> for the six-year-old jump straight into doom 2016 that'll go well hey look you know you gotta get ready for the harshness of life <laughs> and that what better way than a, <laughs> a virtual health simulator one day one day yeah it'll, it'll be ready for it maybe next year you know school coming up gotta get <laughs> yeah, ready right. for school <laughs> you know that's really interesting to hear because i've definitely like you know myself thought about how i you know like what am i going to do if my like kids first games like roblox or something and that's <laughs> that's just what they want to play um versus you know like a mario or you know something i'm used to um but i think what you said is probably right like as long as it's not a a, a harmful game um and you know sort of silly fun like spyro or whatever and if your kid's having fun then so be it like that's that's i mean how we all got started right because our dads clearly didn't have a vision of what games we should be playing and that's right beyond maybe uh you know as long as it's got a g on it and not a not a ma um if, if if even they knew that so, yeah, interesting to hear that's how it sort of played out for you. I mean, honestly, Spyro, pretty good, you know, first sort of game to sort of dabble with as well. Like, uh, you know, up there with ones I'd, I'd be happy for my, my children to play. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, what about you, Brendan? Have you given any thought to, like, how you'd, in an ideal scenario, if you had kids, what you'd want to sort of start them out with? Or you, you're going to just play it by ear if uh, if the opportunity arises? I've thought about it occasionally, and I think it 
it is the sort of thing that you have to play it by ear, I think, because as as exactly what Matt outlined, you, you never quite know sort of what will trigger your desire and your enjoyment in gaming. I know from personal experience, it was from watching my older brother playing games, and I guess I I always looked up to him. So if he enjoyed doing something, I very much followed him around and did what he did. So it, it's very much going to depend on, I guess the dynamics of my future children if if I do have any and uh, how that plays out. And I think it's also what Matt touched upon. I think it's also, I think I've thought more about, well, my down the track, down the years, if I eventually get married, my wife, and if she doesn't enjoy games, sort of what will the dynamic be there? If Will I sort of pull out all the stops and think, oh, got to go through my entire game library and find something that they'd enjoy? Or do I just sort of take the hit and, realize oh not everyone's going to enjoy games i think there is that there's that sort of balance there i think that i'm of the believer that i think games are a very important tool for learning so i think there is that aspect of it that i think it is beneficial for children but there is always going to be people our age children etc that aren't just going to enjoy games and you'll try to get them into them but i think it's not for everyone i think it's for a lot of people i think it's for most people but it's one of those things i think yeah, that's actually a, a point I hadn't thought about because I've definitely got some friends who are, I don't know how we're friends when you hear what I'm about to say, but they're very adamant that like, oh, my kids not playing games, like waste of time, not letting them touch a controller. Um, and I'm like, whoa, that's pretty intense. <laughs> and I don't very agree with intense. that. But I, out of interest, Matt, how, like, has that been an issue for you and Megan or is it pretty much not? She's, she's sort of okay with you know she's not into games but she's okay with you playing games and she hasn't got any massive concerns about how much the kids may or may not play in the future we're actually on a pretty similar understanding funnily enough megan's very good like that where she'll be supportive as long as it's you know it's not hurting anybody she's happy for them to yep she understands that okay cool you know i can see especially when you know she's there when she sees theodore play spyro um as an example um, she can tell that he's happy, you know, he's having a good time and he's, you know, sharing it with us. It's just another thing that you can do. It's it's, it's another interest he has, like, you know, he, he builds Lego or he, um, he plays with blocks or any, any plays with cars, anything like that. Games is just another avenue for that. It can be used creatively or it can be there for an experience or something like that. And I think the people that say, no, I'm I'm not letting my kids touch a controller, they just don't understand it. They don't know exactly what's involved or what games can offer. You know, they might have seen it in the media or that, you know, you can see the negative effects of it. And that is obviously a thing. That's But that's the same with anything where anything that's taken sort of out of moderation can be dangerous. Um, you know, there's lots of stories of kids uh, taking their parents' credit card and spending $5,000 on FIFA and, you know, stuff like that. Um, and they think, oh, just, I'm never letting my kid play games. And that's, it's a shame because there's so much potential in games, not just from an experience perspective, a storytelling perspective, but from a learning perspective. As you said, Brendan, it's a really valuable tool for not only for um, things like hand-eye coordination, uh, puzzle solving, but reading. Reading's going to be a really big one. And that's what I want Theodore to get into because that's how I... Really, I didn't really read any books, but I played a lot of RPGs, uh, a lot of games with a <laughs> text heavy. And no. I feel like that's where I got a lot of my language from and like my understanding of English and sort of passion came 
came from that. And I really want um, Theodore to have that, you know, a, a similar sort of experience where I can put him in front of a game that has a lot of words and, and see what he thinks of it. You might not like it, but at least it's there as an option for him. I agree wholeheartedly with that. And I think what I found personally was a very important skill I learned from games was perseverance and never giving up, which I think you do get from playing games that if there's a difficulty spike and you hit it, you can either, as a kid, you can either drop the controller and go do something else, go play with your Lego, go play with your blocks or your cars, or if you're lucky enough to have all that, of course, or you can pick up the controller again and keep on going. And I think that's something that you get from games that you don't necessarily, like, yes, you do get it from team sports and that sort of thing, but well, in in a COVID world, there's no team sport anymore. So (laughs) I think games do have a role to play in building those sort of, I guess those more soft skills for children. Definitely. Yeah, like, uh, it's interesting because, I, I mean, obviously don't have kids, but I, I have a nephew. Um, and, like, a lot of that, what you're talking about, resonates with what I see with him. Like, uh, when he was younger, the perseverance element was real challenging where, like, if he didn't quickly pick something up in a game, he pretty was, you know, he enjoyed it, but he was pretty quick to drop it. So things that were too challenging, just, yeah, he struggled with. Um, but obviously, as he's gotten older, he's build a bit more patience not a lot but a bit <laughs> um <laughs> and there are certain games that he's sort of gotten good at which is good to see and it is interesting i i have him as uh in our switch family plan so we can play like animal crossing and stuff online with us and I, so i also get emails whenever he downloads something on the eShop, and i'm like oh he got minecraft so i just you know text my sister just be like by the way He's just to check you. He you bought Minecraft, right? Like it wasn't he just stole it. your credit card. <laughs> um, and she's like, yeah, yeah. It's actually he's they they have a school project they have to do in Minecraft. I'm like, oh wow, that's like super cool. Uh, and obviously you hear about it, but to to hear about it, I guess in like you know they're in regional South Australia. I'm like, that's that's um not the a place I'd expect to be that advanced in adopting again a video game into their curriculum. So you're right, Matt. What you're saying before, there is a lot of value to uh certain games um for from a learning aspect particularly at that young age and it's good to see that's kind of being accepted by a lot of people not everyone yet but but more and more people in society to say the least correct it's still young we all talk about that but the medium is still very young in terms of how far it's come along and that there isn't there still is a lot of misunderstanding or um you know confusion about it so it's it's not it shouldn't really be expected, I guess, for everybody to know what it can offer, but it's up. I feel like it's up to people, you know, like us who, who can recognize what it is that games can offer and just put it on the table, you know, don't knock it off just because, you know, you, you heard something's bad. That, that goes for anything, really, as long as you keep your options open and are well-informed. I think that's that's the difference, you know. It's uh, it's not like we're going out and we're, I'm going to let my, you know, I'm going to let Theodore play Grand Theft Auto or anything like that because I know <laughs> what it is that, you know, th- there are certain games that are going to be appropriate and certain games that aren't. So it's understanding on the parent side of it as well. And that can be for someone who hasn't played any games. Like, why would they bother to go out and learn all that so that they can teach that to their kids? You know, they teach them what they know, so... Yep, I, I remember my mum, Grand Theft Auto was fine, but anything like Diablo or anything that had sort of demonic imagery was a no-go, so I, I always found that quite amusing. It's interesting the uh, the the barriers, I guess, they draw, because my uh, my mum got me Conker's Bad Fur Day 
which if you don't know what that is, it's just a it's a sixty four game that was had a lot of mature elements to it that I probably shouldn't have been playing as a kid. But I think Mum got it because it was like there was a squirrel on the box, you know. <laughs> so it's one of those if you don't if you go in and you're not really informed about what it is, it can be it can be negative. Your mum's the reason they swapped the um rating stickers from those like old little black and white ones to actual massive colorful <laughs> ones that no one can miss anymore. That's right. It goes from green to black now, so it is quite stark, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, somehow, I mean, props to them, but my mum, not so much my dad, but definitely my mum was fully across the uh, the classifications. So, like, she followed them pretty strictly for my uh, benefit or, or not benefit. It did mean I missed out on a few things like a, like a golden eye or whatever, uh, other than at friends' houses. But, um, yeah, my parents, they, they figured it out, <laughs> um, which is good on them i guess given a lot of parents didn't um in, in back in back then but not to don't want to turn this into too much of an interview but you know when, when we met matt the thing that struck me about you was not only did you play games but you were definitely someone i would could say you was a passionate gamer you know you would listen to like video game soundtracks and stuff i remember in the car which is um you know always a, for me a good tick of, of somebody i should trust in my life um <laughs> And we, you know, obviously whenever we talk, you know, you, about what you're playing and that kind of stuff, you play a lot back at home when you are living, um, you know, sort of a, the bachelor lifestyle, I suppose. So the, I think a, a big fear a lot of, you know, similarly passionate gamers have about, you know, if they're ever going to consider going into parenthood is, will I still be able to play games? Will it be as much? Will it be less? Um, will I be able to play the games I like? Kind of curious to hear how your journey has gone from, you know, bachelor with a lot of time on his hands to play games to parent of one to parent of two kids um and whether how the gaming has changed or not changed maybe you might you know reveal yeah so i think anybody uh that has had kids can attest to uh how much it changes your life and uh, so i suppose it depends what you were doing beforehand so in that example for for me it was i pretty much spent um, you know, if, if I wasn't at work or doing anything like that, I'd be uh, with my family, you know, I'd be um, playing games. So when you do something that much, anything that comes into it that, you know, is an addition, like a, um, if you get a girlfriend or something like that, it's obviously going to take time away from what what you were doing with the majority of your time. Um, and as soon as you have kids, you, absolutely, a lot of time is taken again it's unfair i think to say that um i've got less time to play kids it's a re to, to play kids it's <laughs> <laughs> i've got less time to play games it's looking at it from the perspective of i've got more time to be with my kids um which sounds it sounds corny but it, it really is a perception thing Yes. Um, where you can look at it like, oh, I lost time with games, or you can look at it, well, I've gained time with my family, uh, because you've still got the same amount of time. It's just allocated in, in different ways. That's right. It's, it's priority. So where are you going to put your priority? Are you going to put it on the fact that, well, I can't play games anymore, and the kids have come in and they've ruined my life? And believe me, I went through that for a long time. It's It's very difficult to realize that you're in that situation until it's pointed out and then you're like oh wow that's 
that's actually that's obvious like I should have seen that before but I didn't for a long time I didn't and for a long time I was frustrated that I wasn't able to get the amount of game time in that I had before until that came up and it just came up naturally through like you know the course of me living my life and thinking about things and really wanting to not be uh you know angry about it I guess accept the choices that I'd made and move on and that's exactly what I did and it turned out a lot better um just in in terms of how you think you think about it's you know it's not about what you lose it's about what you gain that's really what it comes down to wow that is that's a really good um perspective to 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 take and yeah that's a really interesting little journey of of self-discovery that um I yeah I hadn't heard before yeah, sorry, I made that really serious. No, no, it's that's not good. That, I mean, it's not that's, that bad. that's interesting because I, you know, if you if you went through that, I reckon there's a lot of other people that have as well. Um, and it might not even be games, right? It could be like, could be sport, right? Maybe you spend all your time at the the local footy club or um, you know, whatever your interest is. Uh, and now you you that's been impacted by your decision um, or you know life circumstances that have resulted in a, in having you know a family, and you could be like. Oh, like I'm not down at the footy club with the boys, you know, um, having a beer and, and then kicking the footy around. Or you can be like, oh, but you know, now I got to spend time with my son or daughter and, and kick the footy around with them and um, watch the games on TV with them. And it's a, it's a different kind of uh, enjoyment of the same thing, I suppose. I love the way you talk about football, Zach. It's almost as if you've never played the game before in your life. Yeah, well, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I play basketball. Does that does that count? Um, yeah, it's close enough. Yeah, then, then say basketball, then Zach. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I feel like like I could. I feel like basketball clubs. It's just like there's. Le- Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it, just because I haven't been in one since I was younger. But there's not as much of a um a social element around them. Like whereas there are like you know football clubs and cricket clubs and tennis clubs and that kind of stuff. Where there's um, golf clubs in particular. I know are a massive social thing. But anyway, yeah, you use them to play golf. Yeah. yeah. I have to say, Zach, if I have the image of you and basketball in my mind, I just think of that Nintendo Switch ad where they're playing basketball under the bridge and then they pull out the Nintendo Switches. Uh, I can just see you doing that. Uh, Mate, when they release a Mario Hoops um, Switch version, um, I'll I'll definitely be be doing that. Be all over it. Yep, go and, you know, shoot a few real-life hoops and then, you know, whip out my Switch and be like, oh. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Just in the pub with your mask on, obviously. Yeah, of course, social, social distance, uh, hand yeah. sanitize my Switch and the and the ball, uh, the that's basketball. Um, Got to be safe. I can't, yeah. <laughs> so in that sort of journey, I guess you went on, Matt, I'm also curious, has it sort of changed what you play because obviously again from from my memory obviously you'd remember better because it's your life but you you had a lot of games <laughs> to so. play with um your friends like online um you also you know would play a lot of the big sort of you know or maybe not big but you play a lot of single player interesting games as well uh, have either of those kind of changed a lot now that you've got the kids around um or is you still finding you just play what you would have played anyway just in, in a, a different sort of time slot or in a different way yeah, there's, I mean, sort of, there's, uh, it, it's it's sort of a yes and no answer because um, there are plenty of games that I would have played anyway. Uh, and in like in that example, I'd probably say Animal Crossing where, like I would have played Animal Crossing anyway because I like Animal Crossing and I, and I wanted to get it on the Switch. But it turns out it's a really good game to play with the kids because they can, again, they can watch and they can say, you know, catch that fish or get that bug or 
um, let's go to the museum, let's have a look at, you know, what's going on there and, and that sort of thing. So uh, no, in that I would still have played Animal Crossing anyway, but yes, in that I probably play more Animal Crossing than I would have otherwise, and I play it a lot differently than uh, than I would have otherwise like I, I probably spend half my time playing animal crossing just standing in the museum looking at the fish while they while they point them out to me so y- y- yes and no i th- there are times when um doesn't happen very often because i'm more of a pc gamer but i think that's really where it comes into it when i'm playing games with them um the only time that's really cropped up is a time when i thought oh yeah i'm just gonna pl- i was gonna play some bloodborne um, that was a bad idea, not necessarily <laughs> because the kids were there, but it was like that kind of game. It's it's gothic, dark, and violent. Um, and I started playing it, and Theodore like asked me a question. Like they weren't really watching, um, but Theodore asked me a question, something about. Oh, he saw one of the werewolves, and he was like, "Does that guy get you?" And I'm like, "Okay, I need to stop playing this now because I reckon he's going to get nightmares or something, and it's going to be my fault." So um, <laughs> that is the kind of example where it can come into it and you think, yeah, that's it's just not appropriate to play it in front of my kids, but it doesn't really come up all that often. Though I guess it depends what kind of games you're into. Yeah, and what about, um, like, another interesting thing about Bloodborne, or maybe I'm confusing it with Dark Souls, but because there's, like, restrictions on how you can pause, though I guess you can get around it with the, the home button, but um, does that kind of thing impact you at all? Because you're like, I need to be ready at a, at a moment's notice to... Oh. Yeah, ab- absolutely. So that's a, um, uh, it's a lot more about time management, I suppose. Like with those sorts of games, I won't play them at all uh, on the weekend. So the, I work full-time jobs. So when I get home on, on the weekend, I'm often obviously with the kids. And if we play games that I need to, like, yeah, that sort of thing, I'll just, I pretty much just won't play them. Anything that's sort of time sensitive or that I can't pause, um, I won't play while the kids are there because you never know what's going to happen. And uh, so I, yeah, I stick to things like Animal Crossing is more appropriate. But a good example of that is uh, I play a lot of uh, WoW at the moment, playing a lot of World of Warcraft Classic. And with with that, I get it. It works out really well with my schedule because I'm uh, I have, I'm raiding, so I have you know specified times where I'm going to be playing the games normally after the kids have gone to sleep, really, and that works out really well you know, in my schedule where I'll work a full day, I'll come home, I'll spend an hour or two with the kids and, you know, have dinner and put them to bed and that kind of thing. And then um, it'll be time to raid and I get my, you know, time playing the game. So you split that over, if it's probably like two, three times a week, something like that. And then the rest of the time I would spend with, um, you know, I'd spend it with Megan, spend the night with Megan, or I'd spend the night with my my family or something like that. Um, It's just about, I suppose playing certain games at certain times um, when you have the ki- when you have kids and that's just time management, it's basic time management, really. It's good to see that WoW players are dedicated to not let anything get in the way of their ability to do raids. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been the same, Zach. It's, that, that, that's a fact of playing WoW. I remember when, um, <laughs> like, I've, I've been on a few trips with friends, like overseas, and one of our friends, yeah, he would still he brought his laptop. And they would be like, oh, you know, we're in Japan. And we're like, oh, we're going to go, you know, get dinner. And he's like, oh, I can't. It's raid night. I'll stay in the hotel. <laughs> oh, oh, that's Christ. <laughs> on the flip side, you've got other friends who would pay people to do their dailies while they're not wow, but like Guild Wars and that kind of stuff. So oh, <laughs> just, no. yeah, the MMO dedication is a um, is a special kind of, um, of game. Well, uh, yeah, can, can I just, I suppose, preface it uh, by saying that... Um, I feel like I'm not that dedicated. You know, if I was to go on a family holiday, I'd 
say, you know, I'm not going to be raiding for a couple of weeks or something like that. I, I probably wouldn't go to the extent that, oh, yeah, I definitely have to do it every time. But for in, in this sort of situation, it works out where, especially WoW, it's not a particularly complicated game. It can be basic a lot of the time, as long as you know what you're doing. Um, you can just sort of go in, have a few hours where you have a good time and then and then hop out. Um, and really, that's that's sort of what I get out of it. I wouldn't... I, I think WoW is a good example of player time, though, right, where uh, you can dedicate as little or as much time to it as you want and have completely different experiences. Yeah. So for there's a lot of people, like obviously I play in a, a guild, so a bunch of people... There are certain people who just basically don't log off. That like WoW is their life. That's what they want to do, and that's what they choose to spend their time doing. And they get plenty out of the game. But I get, I feel like I get a, a decent amount of time to play. Obviously, nowhere near as much as that, but I still get a lot out of the game. And that's why I think MMOs are good in that sort of sense. For, especially you know whether you're busy or whether you're not busy, you can still get a lot out of it regardless of how much time you've got. Whereas obviously with like a single player game, I would need to, I I you know I'd spend a few hours doing it, and maybe you feel like you get nowhere. You know, like Persona Five was a good example. I played a lot of that, and I would uh, play it for a few hours, and then it would just. Uh, you know, like life would get in the way or I'd come back to it a week later and I'd have completely forgotten <laughs> where I was or what I was doing or anything like that. Like for any kind of story-based game, it can be really difficult with those sorts of things into it if you can't allocate, you know, the, the time properly. But with something like, wow, it just doesn't matter. You can sort of just jump in and out whenever works for you. No, that's, that's interesting. I mean, as someone who, who I, in the last episode, mentioned struggled to get into wow, um, that's that's interesting and good to hear, though, that you are... Uh... You've got your priorities right, Matt. Um, <laughs> maybe <laughs> unlike some other people who may have accidentally just called out. No, that's that's good. Out of interest, uh, and this is something I hadn't thought about, but talking about WoWs made me made me think, have you given much thought into how you will or won't tackle like your kids venturing into the world of online like games and that kind of stuff? Because it's an interesting one where I think when we were all growing up, you know, our parents either took very hardline approaches where they're like no online no strangers like because they just don't know and they're scared and others just didn't know what was going on or, or just said oh that's fine uh and let us left us to our own devices but but obviously none of them had the personal experience to think about the the pros and cons of it whereas i think we've all grown up with you know playing mmos being on online forums talking to strangers <laughs> you know constantly have you given thought to like how you that you're going to tackle that when you you know when Theodore says I'm want to jump on you know VR chat or Roblox or whatever whatever the, the new hot game kids will be playing when he when he goes to school um and play with my mates yeah that's obviously a really hard one i would look at it like um i'd try and stay in communication with with Theodore or Fred you know whatever it is that they're doing and i'd be trying to engage and like understand what they're doing so if they were playing a game like roblox i've never played that game before so i don't know you know the limits like are you thrown into a chat room with a bunch of people or are you limited to a party with your friends um you know is is it a controlled environment or is it like an open world or you know there's there's all those sorts of things that you probably want to look at which i would if he um decided to play a particular game and it was online so i just sort of monitor it and make sure that there's i suppose appropriate 
parental guidance, <laughs> you, you could call it. Like, I, um, and I think you could probably attest to this too, if anybody's played uh, a MOBA of any kind, <laughs> um, they can be pretty bad in terms of toxicity. <laughs> toxicity yep. Understatement yeah, of the year. yelling and swearing. And um, so that kind of thing is, uh, I, I'd probably try and keep him away from something like that. But at the same time, if he did want to play that, I'd probably look at it and try and, you know, that, that's where you, you sort of want to teach him, right? Like about internet trolls or people that are purposely going to goad you to try and get a response. And the best thing that you can do is, you know, is, is you can ignore them or, you know, however it is that you want to deal with the specific situation. But have that conversation, right? I think like that's the difference. Our parents couldn't have that conversation with us because they didn't know. So they'd either shut it down completely exactly as you say, Zach, they'd shut it down completely or they'd ignore it and not know what was happening. So taking a stance is really more just about explaining, you know, explaining what it is that's happening and putting things into context and letting kids make their own decisions. Same with people, really. You just say, look, this is what's happening. This is why it's happening. This is how you should react. But, you know, it's it's up to you how you choose to handle situations. So that's probably what I would do. I would just try and oversee it, but not be controlling as as much as I could anyway. And make sure you tell them that if they ever play RuneScape and if someone tries to tell them to come into the wild for something cool, you say no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thanks, Zach. That's how you learn lessons, Zach. You learn valuable life lessons in RuneScape. Getting ganked in the wilderness. In the RuneScape forest. Items. Yeah. At <laughs> yeah, the dark forest. From what you said, uh, Matt, I thought of a question, actually. It goes back to uh, when you were talking about Roblox and, well, what sort of medium it's in. And I think, well, you mentioned, oh, is it a massively world, or is it a sort of open chat room, or is it a group with friends? And that makes me think of, well, gaming with your friends. And I know when we were growing up, it was still, well, internet was in its um, infancy. So, especially when, well, Zach and I, when we were in primary school, I remember a lot of playing with your mates for PC games would be, well, LAN parties or bring along your, if you had a laptop or if you're lucky enough to have a laptop or sometimes desktops and we'll sort of get an Ethernet cable and LAN cable and hook up games and play it that way. But now it's moved into the online space. So my question was, well, not really question, but my um, train of thought was going, how would you, Zach can answer this too, but how would you deal with a situation where you're, where your son or for Zach, your imaginary son, if he was playing an online game with a friend and then that friend's parents were worried about it and would sort of ring you up and say, oh, yeah, Jimmy and Timmy are playing lots and lots of Counter-Strike Go and I don't quite understand it and what's going on. I think it's very bad. What's the sort of dynamics there? Because I think we've sort of gone beyond that idea of, well, if you have kids and they invite people over to you, like their place or your place and they play games. There's now that online element of, oh, you go home from school and you can play virtually. And I think that creates some interesting dynamics. Yeah, like, I guess what it's, you know, hypothetically, your kid could have a friend from school that you never meet, <laughs> which is very different to, you know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Yeah. yeah, it is interesting to think about. Part of me, and I thought of this as a joke, but it could also be quite serious. Um, have you guys watched on Netflix and the there's a series called Dad of Light? It's like a Japanese Final Fantasy like Netflix show. Have either of you seen no. that? I I haven't, but it was one of the first things that my my mate recommended to me 
to watch and if he's listening, he's probably going to be angry that there's yet another thing that he's recommended me to watch and I haven't watched it. So, <laughs> so please, please go on. Yeah, well, it, it's a bit of a reverse scenario, but it was a situation where um, uh, a son uh, gave his, his you know elderly father a copy of Final Fantasy fourteen to play. And then like the son created like a Smurf account to kind of like just see how he's going <laughs> secretly, you know, in the background without his dad realizing who he was. I was thinking, is that something you could do, um, or would even consider doing? I guess as a as a parent, like do you do I, like you know, if my kid's playing Roblox, do I make a Roblox account and just sort of yeah. like wander around and just you know keep an eye on things like gank them in the wilderness? I know that's what yeah, you <laughs> gank the person trying to gank them, kind of thing, um, all that kind of stuff. It's like a it's a it's an interesting one to think about because the only other option I can think of is you literally sort of sit outside their their room or wherever they play their games. Maybe you make the room make it that they can only play in the living room or somewhere public where you can hear them on the mic and at least get a sense of what's going on. Yeah, that's that's really hard, right? Because it goes into the whole thing of like privacy because you want to give your kids privacy. You don't want to be super controlling, but at the same time, you don't want um, you don't want it to go too far. You don't want them to get subjected to things that either they, uh, if you feel as the parent like they shouldn't be or they shouldn't need to, or they might need context about. That's a that's a huge, I suppose, topic for discussion. And that's something that, like for me personally, I know that I don't, I won't have to worry about that for a while. Like in ten years' time, gaming will very likely have completely changed. Um, however, it is that we look at it, maybe theater will have his own virtual reality room and i'll be in the virtual reality room next to him or something and yeah i'll just be following him around who knows but that's i feel like it's one of those things that's that's going to differ from from kid to kid uh seeing i suppose how they interact and giving them you want to give them the trust to be able to make their own decisions whether they be good or bad as, as you say brendan you know that's how that's how you learn. You go into the you go into the forest and you get ganked. That's how you learn. Then you don't get ganked again. Well, you probably do, but you don't go in the forest. Next time you go gank them. <laughs> the ganked becomes a gank. Yes. The ganker becomes the ganky. Oh, wait, no. Which way? I don't know. Uh, what? You know what I mean. Yeah, the listener will understand. They'll figure it out. They're smarter than if, us. If they know what ganking is. Yeah. Well, uh, when, I don't know. Oh, explain. no, I'll explain it to my wife when I'm sitting next to her. That's okay, right. good, good, good. You can do the um the dictionary definition. <laughs> well, I, I suppose, I feel like I've talked a lot. Um, I'd like to, I guess, know what you guys think about, um, you know, you asked me directly, uh, how do you feel that your time changed after you had kids, what, you know, from playing games? I'd like to know what you guys think about wanting to have kids, not so much in the current climate or even the economic climate because those are completely different discussions but in terms of how kids would affect you know your hobbies like i know for you zach that games are a real it's it's almost more than a hobby for you it's it's a um you know you've turned it into a job in some prospects and um i I know that you always wanted to be in that sort of area if you could be um making games or whatever you wanted to get out of games like how do you feel like wanting to have kids comes comes into that do you feel like they take you know too much of your time or Uh, that's that's a really good question actually and i hadn't thought about it but now i'm thinking about it uh, there is a pretty direct um element i guess i think about because yeah you know i want to have kids one day if i if i can um and be a dad that's that's kind of like one of my life goals 
And with that in mind, uh, financial stability is something I think about. Um, even though that they aren't here yet, the, the kids, um, I think about, I want to be in a place that I can, you know, support them and give them a life that I, you know, would, would hope to give them. And coming back to your point around the job, that that's that's an interesting one because it's like I don't work in gaming, you know, full time. Uh, none of us do, I don't think, um, even if we'd all probably enjoy it. Um, and a part of that is that a lot of the jobs that you could get in gaming, particularly if you want to stay in Australia, can be high risk in terms of like, you know, maybe you could start an indie game studio, but there's a high risk your indie game never takes off and you don't actually make any money or they can be really competitive, but also not pay a massive salary necessarily. And it's not to say that that's a bad thing, um, you know, to, to each their own, but it definitely factored into my decisions or where I, you know, see my life go where again, I am not working in games and I am working in a, what I consider to be a fairly stable and, and financially rewarding sort of career outside of games um, that I don't necessarily have the same passion for as video games, but does deliver, you know, that, that level of financial security that I hope to still have if I have a family. So that's one element that that I've, that's already sort of impacting my, my life, I suppose. And, you know, maybe even if I didn't want to have kids, I'd still make the same choice. It's hard to really compare things that don't you know that aren't a reality i suppose but that's one thing but as for like you know am i scared about kids in terms of how they'll impact my ability to play games and stuff not not really because i think you know i've said before a lot of the games i play are pretty child friendly um and yeah maybe i'll play less like i already experienced that through other commitments i have in life that that sort of mean you you don't spend time playing as games as much as you used to but I don't feel like I'm missing out on it. So, uh, you know, cause I'm enjoying those things that I am doing, whether it's, you know, with family or friends or otherwise. And I think that'll be the same with kids. Like I'm not going to be upset that I'm, you know, tucking my kid into bed and telling them a bedtime story instead of playing games. I think I'll be happily doing that, um, as a, as an activity. And then hopefully one day they'll join me on the couch for a game of Smash Brothers or Mario Kart or something. Um, alternatively, I'll learn how to play football for them <laughs> and actually play football for once in my life <laughs> if that's the way they go legit i was thinking about that something i want to do when theodore gets old enough that he can play smash brothers is that we smash brothers for like deciding on who cleans up like that's something that i really want to do <laughs> i'm like theodore if you can beat me in smash bros i will clean your room for you and just see what happens is this how you push him into like competitive gaming? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know yet, but that that is something I've always wanted to try. I just want to be like, all right, instead of like scissors, paper, rocking for it, um, see if you can beat my Samus in Smash Bros. How do, how do you reckon you'll go? I've always wanted to try the, oh, you want this new game? Write a page length um, reasoning as to why you should get this game. Go. <laughs> Whoa, yeah, that's intense. Okay. What about you there, Brendan? I, uh, how do you feel about having kids and how that would affect you playing games? Well, I think it goes back to what you discussed, Matt, about time management. That, that, that's sort of through the prism I see it through, and I think it's a, it's a mixture of time management and also I think it would change the type of games I play because I know when I was doing a research degree uh, last year and the year before, my time was very much, I guess, regimented towards... I'd either be researching and writing my um, dissertation or 
I'd be spending time with friends. Or I was over in Edinburgh, so and I lived in proximity to a lot of friends. So most nights when I wasn't uh, doing work, I'd go out with friends. We'd hang out, go see movies, that sort of thing. So I didn't really game in that about that twelve months. It was more I gamed occasionally. It was much more in social settings. So a lot of Jackbox, a bit of Smash or Smash Ultimate, a bit of Mario Kart. So I think if I when I do have kids eventually, I think it will just I probably won't be playing as many RPGs as I do now, won't be playing as many fifty hour epics, but if I do game it will mainly be catching up with friends, playing some of my long life passions like RTS games, Age of Empires, Rise of Nations, which are games I've always played and as Zach said, maybe a couple of rounds of Mario Party or Mario Kart and more local multiplayer family-friendly games. So I think that's the sort of impact I envisage it having. And uh, I guess if I do get to that point, it'll probably be... That will be the point where I've realised that my gaming collection is a collection and it's basically a way for me to stockpile games that will increase value over time, which is sort of a justification I give myself with when I do buy limited-run games and limited editions and all that stuff that Zach attributed it to me at the start of the episode. So it's all part of a <laughs> crazy plan at the end of the day. Have you thought about what you're going to do if like your kids get into like one of those collector's items and, and drawing them with crayons or, you know, rip them apart or whatever? <laughs> oh, that's the, that's the moment you sell your kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you find out how much your kids are worth at that point and you yeah. realise they're worth a big fat zero. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, don't tell me that. <laughs> yeah, I have. That's a, that is the. I know I was joking, but I am actually thinking about you know how to store games when I have yeah, little kids around. I even thought you about should, that. If I mate, a, do you know how many times Spyro's been? I found Spyro just on the floor with fingerprints and things like that all over. I've had to clean that disc so many times. Oh. I'm telling you, just buy digitally. All right. Actually, by the time you have kids, maybe everything will be digital anyway, yeah, so it'll so be okay. But won't have the choice. Just gonna make sure they don't delete my save files. I'm quite um, surprised that I have a lot of N64 cardboard boxes and Game Boy Advance cardboard boxes still sort of in mint condition. I honestly don't know how they've survived all the years. You got to make sure you get those out of your house if you have kids. <laughs> I don't understand how I didn't destroy them as a kid. So it's it's, it's quite yeah, interesting when impressive. you think about it. Yeah, it's gonna instill those same um, same values into your children from a young age. I guess I <laughs> do do whatever what, what your mom and dad did. Ask them for tips and and just follow that. Yeah, no, it's a, yeah, but it's. I also feel like you know, and I'm sure you can attest to this, Matt. Is you can think and plan as much as you want, but until you meet the little 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 person and sort of get a sense of what they're like, <laughs> uh, it's probably hard to really get a sense of what you're actually gonna do because. You know, they're going to be a unique little little thing that um, has its own personality and its own way of doing things, and you're going to have to learn to, to deal with them for uh, for the better, uh, I suppose. And you might think going into it, oh, I'm going to do this and that, and it's going to be the complete opposite. <laughs> and it'll still be good, but just, just not what you thought it was going to be. Well, exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, we don't ha- we, we, we're not at the point in humanity where we can have designer babies yet, Zach. <laughs> China's getting there, though. <laughs> oh goodness yeah china's getting there no it's that's funny it's mo- uh maybe think of that zach is when you said uh you know you don't want to have kids until you're financially ready 
Um, look, if I could give you any unfortunately sad advice, it's that you'll never be financially ready for children. <laughs> so no, if you're going to wait fair. for that, you'll just never end up having kids. Um, Zach, you, you have a finance degree. You'd know all about budgets and saving. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, like, look at the things. Like, yeah, you're right, Matt. I, I have looked into it and thought about it. Let me guess. You've, you've run a cost-benefit analysis. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's always negative. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I think, if anything, though, on the flip side, I reckon it'll be good justification for me to continue buying stuff, if that makes sense. Um, you know, like, you were talking about, like, you make a kid write an essay for a game, Brendan. I'm like, man, it, like, just assuming I don't already just buy the game for myself <laughs> and, then, and they just benefit from from that um, and get to play it with me. Um, if anything, it'd be like writing an essay, you know, together with them for, our, you know, my, my <laughs> wife <laughs> to say, we, we should get this. You we know? need this. That's good. You need to convince mommy we need the new PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this has been a, a pretty good chat, and, and I have to say, pretty pretty enlightening for me. It's it's despite the fact we've been friends, Matt. This has been a good excuse to to catch up and hear a bit more about um, your life as a dad, which is you know a convo we haven't really had in a while. So thank you for for coming on and giving Brendan and I some some interesting insight and some good tips uh, for for potentially our future and potentially plenty of other people out there who are in in you know, the same boat. Maybe some people who are about to become dads soon. No, that's that's fine. Thank you very much for having me on. It's always good to talk about games, and if there's one thing I know, it's games and children. So it was a good combination for me. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. So, so what you're saying is you learnt everything about child rearing from The Sims? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Remove the ladder. No, no, don't. Don't, <laughs> don't put the baby in a pool. It's a bad yeah. idea. <laughs> don't, don't do that. No, no, not at all. We'll start to talk about where we find us. Matt, I assume, as you said at the start of the podcast, you don't want people to find you, so uh, we, we won't necessarily uh, disclose your address or your phone number uh, here. So, you know, you're welcome. Um, you can stay hiding. Um, but Brendan and I, if you wanted to reach out to us and stalk us, uh, you can do that in a couple of ways. Don't know why you'd want to. Yeah, I don't know why you'd want to, but probably the best way is on Twitter. Uh, you can follow us at BlowCartPod. Um, or personally, you could follow me at Egorino. And uh, Brendan, do you want to throw up your Twitter handle? Yes, you can find me as always at Tamazoid. I'm always talking about what I'm playing or bad decisions I've bad financial decisions I've made regarding gaming or Ponzi schemes I'm cooking up. So f follow along and uh, see what I'm up to. You'll make a really good dad one day, Brendan. Yep, he's he'll you know make a bassinet out of um you know copies of Russell Grant's um astrology on DS for his children. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what an obscure reference! Yeah, it's it's a bit of an in joke. Oh, about massive in joke. Uh, side note though, if anyone follows EB, if you're listening to this, you know, sort of around launch, uh, keep an eye on EB Games' Facebook page, and when Russell Grant goes up against its next game in their little voting showdown, you better vote for it. I'm, I'm not kidding. <laughs> we want to see that beat out everything else uh, and win the championship on their weird little social media thing. Um, but also, social media, um, less social media, email. If you want to email us, uh, you can at blowingcartridge at gmail 
facebook.com. Uh, and you can also find us on Facebook uh, if you search, you know, blowing blowing cartridges. Uh, we should come up. Um, just look for the logo that you hopefully are seeing on your podcast app. Um, other than that, I think that's pretty much one last thing, Zach. Oh, oh no, I almost I almost did it. No, I clearly didn't. <laughs> we have to remember the plug we need to do every episode. If you, if you've enjoyed our episodes, if you like what we're talking about, if you don't like what you're talking about, but you still want to support us, which Hopefully, there's a few of you out there that I've browbeaten into listening to this podcast. Go on to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. It very much does help with our metrics and sort of growing the podcast and increasing our reach. I think we have about six reviews up, about three written reviews. And thank you to all those people that have done that thus far. And if you have listened to this and haven't done that, haven't had the chance to do that yet, please drop by and do it when you have a spare time, some spare time because... We'd greatly appreciate it, and uh, Zach will send you a check in the mail if you do so. Yeah, uh, it'll be blank, uh, and I won't have even put my name or anything on it, but you can you can scribble on it if you want. Um, and you know what? If you're going to share this episode, why don't you share it with, with your dad? You know, it was Father's Day yesterday. Why don't you say, hey, Dad, check out this podcast, uh, and while you're at it, Dad, uh, give me a login for your iTunes or your, your Apple Podcasts, and I'll, I'll write a review on your behalf. You know, good way to, to to help spread the word um, of of us, um, and you know, maybe they'll get some good tips from Matt, and they'll, in hindsight, you know, think about how they they should be raising you, um, <laughs> but better with games. Zach, I've decided you'll also make a good dad. <laughs> Thank, thanks, Matt. Glad glad I'm endorsed. I mean, not endorsed by not just a dad, but a, a two time award winning dad with two children. So I mean, <laughs> you know, that's what else can can we ask for? A true honor. What trophies they are. <laughs> uh. to end on this theme Zach maybe before we close it out we can all in a quick sentence or two say if you could play a game with your dad any game that you can think of what would that game be hmm I think I would like to play House of the Dead 2 with my dad all the way through because he likes shooting things uh, and that game's got some funny dialogue <laughs> Yeah, in a similar vein, I think I'd have to say probably L.A. Machine Guns, which is on the Wii, but was originally an arcade game, because that is one I do remember playing in the arcades with Dad. It had one of those large sort of black plastic machine guns you'd sort of point at the screen and shoot. So we'd have to do that, because arcade games are always funny that way. Can I make yours more complicated, Matt? What if you had to play a game with both your sons and your dad? At the same time. Wow. Um, <laughs> Is that even possible? <laughs> Who would struggle more, do you reckon, your dad or Theodore or Fred? Well, or Fred probably be- <laughs> Fred because he doesn't really know up so and small. down. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, if, oh, that's hard. Um, you don't have to if you can't think of one. That may be an impossible task. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I guess if we were going to play something together, it'd probably be... Uh, it might even be something like Mario Party, right? Where uh, it's just like a, a like a lot of it's random, um, but the you know with the mini games they're very short and um, they're sort of you know, like they're sort of luck based. You know, something that doesn't require a lot of skill but can just be you know like you can have a good laugh about it. So probably something like that. Have you heard of Animal Crossing Amiibo Festival for the <laughs> Nintendo? <laughs> <laughs> are you are you trying to sell it to me or uh does Brendan we... have a special copy of it 
I'm sure you could find a pile of them. Zach has it. I do not. Uh, if you, I, I was a, a sucker that paid full price. I'm sure if you went to your local video game shop, you will find a copy for like five bucks in some sort of bargain bin still. Okay. Though you remind me, Zach, I changed my answer actually. My dad loved John claude Van Damme movies and those sort of stuff. So if I could get him to play one game, it would be Devil's Third on the Wii U. Oh, that's a... Uh... I don't know if you like your dad or not. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that's good. And, um, you know, listener, again, if you, you're leaving the review, feel free to answer the question. Games you've played with your dad or would like to play with your dad, let us know because we're, you know, love, love to hear that kind of uh, feedback. But until then, uh, this has been another, you know, cartridge blown off and, and played thoroughly. Um, so we'll uh, see you or you'll hear from us in a couple of weeks with, Another topic of who knows what this time, no tease. Uh, it'd be a mystery uh, what the next one's going to be. So, till then, take care. Well, exactly, Zach. And uh, I want my check in the mail stat.